0: boom recording started don't worry about like i mean i'm sure you can edit out like the beginning part
1: um yeah yeah i i sure can through the magic of editing Mm -hmm. welcome to the second episode of the good games podcast i am james
0: welcome welcome i'm leo
1: and today, uh, we are going to be talking in, in honor of, um, partially in honor of the Han Solo movie coming out next month. We're going to be talking some Star Wars. We're going to be talking our top five Star Wars games, and we're going to have a review of the cult MMO Star Wars Galaxies. But first, Leo, are you feeling this, this Han Solo movie? Are you, do you have Disney burnout of Star Wars yet? We're, gonna, we're getting a lot of Star Wars movies.
0: I was about to ask you the same thing, because uh, just from viewing the trailer, I'm not, like, super sure about this Han Solo movie. Is that the general consensus about it?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess that's the general consensus. It um, just seems kind of... Uh... Okay, well, here, here's my thing. Let me bust out my film nerd real quick. So the original directors uh, were uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, who did... The Lego Movie, which I absolutely love, the Lego Movie. Uh, they were canned by Lucasfilm um, pretty pretty far into production, and Ron Howard was brought in. Ron Howard, who has done, um, oh come on, um, the 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 Da Vinci Code. He did another. He did a bunch of like thrillers like that. Anyway, okay. um, so he brought he was brought in to, uh quote unquote save the movie, um, which I am just really curious. I mean. We're going to get what we get in May with this Han Solo movie, but God, I would love to see the original cut of this movie that was done by Chris Miller and, and Phil Lord.
0: Uh, that would be
1: interesting. Yeah. yeah. I I wonder how much of their fingerprint is going to be left on this movie.
0: Well, I mean, it's like, we're all going to see it anyway, right? It's Star Wars. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. We're, they're going to make a bunch of money regardless. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're just going to either uh, love it afterwards, or we're all going to you know treat it like the prequel films. So... <laughs> Uh, Well, that's really what it comes down to.
1: Hopefully it's not prequel bad.
0: Yeah. That's really the, that's the bar to me.
1: So what else has been going on?
0: You know, shout out to uh, my sister. I didn't mention on the last podcast, but she was recently married. Oh,
1: whoa. That's big. Congratulations.
0: Congratulations to her. Uh, I've been married going on eight years this year. So marriage is awesome. That's
1: insane. Eight years.
0: Yeah. It was eight years for me. And uh, uh I'm, well, I'm, I'm not even
1: at, at one great.
0: yet. Yeah, well, you know, marriage is great, man. I was talking to a guy at um I guess that's another new thing. I was at a magic tournament, which you know I play Magic the Gathering a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a guy there who just got married a few months ago, and you know, I was like, Isn't marriage great? And he was like, Yeah, I don't get why I get such a bad rep. Marriage is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's fantastic.
1: No, it's it's been it's been a pretty good year so far. I mean, we're we're not quite at the year mark, but uh, it's yeah. it's been good.
0: So you know, shout out to uh, the newlyweds and mm-hmm. all the other newlyweds out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shout outs to those newlyweds.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, what about you? Anything else? How's your move going? Oh
1: my god. Um. Well, good. Um. We got most of the big stuff moved over we just uh we got to get the rest of our garbage out of the old apartment i have so much stuff i'm just you do there's just stuff that i'm finding that i like i had forgot that i had even owned th- these things and like if i forgot that i own them like do i really need them you know
0: i, I think you could probably put most of your stuff in like a museum of nerd like collectives like Mm -hmm. if i when i come over and like stay the night or something it's just i'm like in awe i'm like walking through your hallways and looking at your shelves and stuff i'm like this is like a classic piece from the era of whatever lego set
1: yeah but that that's just all just garbage that i now have to move i don't know i'm i'm probably gonna throw most of what i own away i I don't want to own because here's the thing we're still renting uh when we eventually buy a house i don't want to have to do all this again i just want to i want to own no as few things as possible i just want to own the things that i need to own you know
0: i i definitely relate with that we we kind of purge like every one or two years every two years or so i would say we'd kind of do like a yard sale mm-hmm. and that's a good way to get rid of stuff and still make a few bucks mm. you know that also sounds like
1: and- a lot of work though and i'm a lazy guy
0: kind of i mean yeah it's a, but i don't know you get paid for it so it's not like it's work yeah, for nothing
1: that's true uh so uh this this call MMO uh Star Wars Galaxies we we you and i w- did we both play this back in the day
0: okay well i'm i might not have gone as far back as you i think but i did play it post uh sony ownership
1: oh no no, no. so th- this game started out under under sony ownership this was always a uh
0: what is the the you know like okay like there's definitely though a a specific point where everything changes
1: okay so this this game star wars galaxies is a mmo that came out in all the way back in 2003 this is like episode star wars episode two had just come out and this was before episode three had come out so we're right in the middle of the prequel trilogy
0: Ah, what a Um, time to be alive
1: yeah and uh, the Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had just won the Super Bowl. What a time Man, to be alive. Yeah. It was a good time. And I went right out to, I don't know, probably uh, software, etc., or whatever I got computer software from and bought myself, i pretty close to launch, uh, bought myself a copy of Star Wars Galaxies. This was... Developed always by by Sony, a, a, a division of Sony called Sony Online Entertainment. Funnily enough, that division no longer exists. Um, <laughs> so, what what you're referring to um, when when you said that everything changed? This game came out in 2003. It, it had a pretty good run. There was several expansions between 2003 and uh, 2005. Now, at 2005 is when they introduced the uh, combat update in an update that they called the New Game Experience.
0: Bum, bum, bum.
1: So at that, at, at, at before the combat update, the way the combat worked was just kind of... It was more or less like like any uh, MMO, like World of Warcraft. You had a bunch of abilities that you could click on during combat, and all of these abilities were on cooldown timers. Then after the combat update, they tried to make it more like a first-person shooter, which sounds really interesting, right? Because there's not a lot of MMOs that, that work that way, but th- it was not implemented particularly well. And the way it... It boiled down to basically whoever could click the mouse the fastest was going to win in combat. <laughs> you just <laughs> mash on your attack button, yeah. um, and it was this combat update was not w- well received at all. I got the player base revolted. A lot of people quit the game. The player base kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, and then finally in 2011, uh, Sony shut the game down for good. There are no official servers of this game running. However, uh, you and I both know that <laughs> there is a emulated server that runs... There are several emulated servers, but there is a team of people. They call their emulated server uh, SWGEMU. And what they're doing, as far as I can tell, what they're doing is totally legal. They're, they're just emulating the server code that sony was using to run the servers and they have their own servers as long as you still have your installation disc your game client you can still connect to this emulated server and still play this game today uh which you and i did uh a few months ago tell me tell me what your initial experience was with this game and tell me what it was like to go back to this now dead mmo and re-experience this old game
0: so, I had a little bit of a different origin story, if you will. Okay. So, it
1: sounds like you
0: kind of got in there right when it first Yeah, it was it out. was pretty
1: close to launch.
0: Right. Uh, for me, not so much. I had uh, a potato for a computer for most of my life. Mm-hmm. So, when I finally did get uh, a, a PC that was capable of running such a game, I actually got into the Lord of the Rings online game for... Several years. Ooh, okay. Uh, so that was something that I really enjoyed. And then later on, someone uh, kind of reminded me of the Star Wars galaxies after the uh, new game enhancements. So I came into it for the first time. Uh, post- after the new game enhancements? That's correct. Yes. Oh man, so,
1: I had totally checked out at that point, so we never our play times never overlapped until we went back and played the emulator.
0: That is correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? A lot of people the the new game enhancements were very controversial, right? But mm-hmm. as a new player, I actually like still really enjoyed the game. I think it was just one of those things where, uh, yes, probably before the combat enhancements, enhancements quote unquote, uh, the combat changes. It probably was, uh, and I think after playing the emulator, a little bit more enjoyable and less, uh, you know, button mashy.
1: Yeah. So you you actually have a great point of comparison because you played yeah. you played the enhanced, the quote unquote enhanced version <laughs> first, and then went back to an older version of the game.
0: Right. Yeah. Ah. Uh, it's an interesting experience. So now going to the emulator, uh, the. Uh, still to me the same great game like the combat doesn't make or break the game to me Mm -hmm. uh but i do think that the combat is way more enjoyable actually on the emulator than it was uh on the live version that was kind of post combat
1: well it's uh, it's it's totally different right because i mean this is this is like world of warcraft style where you you just have abilities that are on cooldown
0: right yeah it's, it's a little bit more even though the other combat i think felt a little bit faster Mm -hmm. it it just feels a little bit more uh strategic so yeah so a very enjoyable experience going actually from from post changes to you know emulated fan base uh, version of the game one thing though i do want to say is the thing that really hooked me Mm -hmm. uh, was going out into space and doing the uh it was like the space yeah, pvp bringing yeah, up uh-huh. friends with you on a gunboat and being like one guy was flying the other guy was manning the turret and having to drop down the ladder and go to another turret to face to face the correct direction and that was apparently only introduced uh later on when i came in yep. not shortly before
1: that yep that was the expansion before uh the the combat quote-unquote enhancements
0: so a lot of players i talked to they don't They don't, they're not familiar with kind of the space opera that was Mm -hmm. all that bit of content, which I really, really enjoyed. Like to this day, nothing I've played has compared to that.
1: Yeah. Interestingly, the, uh, the emulator still doesn't have what you're describing, which is the jump to light speed, uh, expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me talk because, Honestly, the combat in Star Wars Galaxies is not a selling point for me at all. Like it yeah, doesn't. Do- it's
0: not really a sticking point for me at all. Like either combat, uh, there's so much more to the game than the combat.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you could look at this game as a cynic and just say, "Oh, this is just like a Star Wars MMO. This is just a, a Star Wars version of World of Warcraft." But I think the thing that makes Star Wars Galaxies interesting, all of the focus is on the player, but not in a way that is like, oh, you're you're the chosen one. You're going to be the greatest. You're going to go save the whole galaxy. That is not the conceit of Star Wars Galaxies. You are just a dude in the Star Wars universe. Like you're not you're just a guy.
0: I actually think that was the um, the working title was dudes of the Star Wars universe.
1: (laughs) In most MMOs, the whole focus of the game is combat-oriented, right? And I don't get the sense that Star Wars Galaxies was designed to be a combat-oriented MMO. There are so many... You're just a dude in the Star Wars universe, which means you could just be a musician. Remember the cantina band who plays the flutes,
0: whatever? You can yeah those
1: guys you can just be that guy and i'm serious you can just go to a cantina in star wars galaxies and just play music that's and people will pay you to just stand there and play music Because there are wounds you can get in combat, both physical and mental, that do not heal over time. Mm -hmm. And if you have mental wounds, you have to go to a cantina uh, and listen to music or watch a dancer. If you have physical wounds, similarly, you have to go to a doctor and the doctor can treat your wounds. So also you could just be a Star Wars doctor guy. Like remember that droid who like fixes up Luke and the Empire Strikes Back? You can just be that droid. You can just heal guys all day long. Right, you decide what you are, what you want to do in this game to a degree that doesn't exist in a lot of other MMOs. I, I felt there was a great deal of freedom to be not just a shooty, shooty, bang, bang guy, but you know, you can just make Star Wars clothes. You can be a Star Wars tailor, like you can just do that. You know, yeah,
0: I, I mean, and like you said, a lot of like, for example, the more recent Star Wars MMO is is what people would consider theme parky, where the story is all about you yeah. and every player is the most important character in their yeah. iteration of the story or whatever. It's, it's, it's fine. But in this, like you said, no one in particular owns the story. You kind of mm-hmm. go out and make your own story, but they've, what's key is that they've allowed it to actually be relevant in the game. So if you mm-hmm. want to go and just make a Twi'lek dancer who, you know, ran away from her parents, you kind of role play this whole bio or, or whatever. A lot of people can do that through role play in a game and uh, yeah, role. Player.
1: Yeah, I, I've noticed even like in in the in-game UIs and the menus and stuff, you can set your status as like, oh, I'm I'm role-playing, like I am like hardcore, like I, I am this character, you know.
0: Yeah, and you can even put your own little bio in there so people can see that. When yeah, you, uh, yeah, click on yeah.
1: It, it's very um, story-driven, but it it you're dis you're making your own story.
0: Right, right. It's not this kind of already created theme park like you're on a roller coaster and you're. You know, going from point A to point B, and they've already written everything for you. But here's the key. The key is that it's not just a roleplay thing. Mm -hmm. It's literally, in order for some people to beat a certain boss or to do better in player versus player combat, or to get through certain content, they need to go and get these uh, wounds healed or get these uh, buffs and enhancements to their stats, which they can only do by going into a cantina and watching a dancer or listening to music. So a lot of MMOs have the crafting and all that, but when it's not important or relevant to the completion of the game, it kind of goes by the wayside. But in this game, they did a really good job of making people feel, be really very relevant. If that's one of the things that you chose to do.
1: Yeah, it, n- not yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like not only is it relevant, like it's totally relevant, but also that can just be a hundred percent of what you do in that game. Like you can just make, clothes or make weapons and make armor like a hundred percent of the time that's all you do is, is make clothes and, weapons. and if you enjoy that people will pay to have those services
0: and also they made it fun to do because you can't yeah, have someone yeah, yeah. doing that a hundred percent of the time and hating the system that you're doing it in like it actually was enjoyable to go out and you know get uh when you're a musician you have to like uh, learn the different skills to play the certain instruments and go mm-hmm. out and buy a new instrument and learn different uh, songs and stuff, you know? So like they make it fun to, to do these things. It's not like uh, a minor thing that they added at the end, you know?
1: And I'm glad you brought up that concept of theme parks because there is some of that theme park content in the game. So for instance, you can go join the rebel Alliance and you can meet, you know, Leia or Han and they'll give you like a whole bunch of missions to do, which are very thematic And that's cool, but I'd also argue that's kind of where the game falls down a little bit, because those missions that they give you are definitely combat-oriented. And if you wanted to be the guy who, hey, I'm just a friendly musician, like, I'm not a combat guy, the game just railroads you onto that combat path, which is really tough. Like, you have to either... Then start a combat path of your own or like make some friends with people who are playing the game in in a combat oriented role, which like that's kind of a bummer to me. I wish I would like to have seen more customized missions like and there is some I know in the game like there are missions that are just for musicians or whatever but i would like to see a lot more of that for for players who wanted to play the game just in those specific roles
0: yeah i I definitely agree that you know the game wasn't perfect or else we wouldn't have to talk about it as a (laughs) dead cold game yeah Uh, Yeah. so yeah there's a lot that they could have done in in that realm on the flip side too though it made for some really interesting interactions with players where you were like kind of a, a rugged mercenary and you went to the cantina and uh, met a dancer who really needed to go do this mission, but she needs a big, strong guy to go take care of those rancors for her or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and it was it was fun, you know. But but you're right. If if your sole entertainment came from non-combat experiences, there mm. could have been a little bit more on that side of the theme park side of things
1: yeah and I'm glad you you also brought up another point about the game being social and it is it's very, very social it's it's so like yeah. it's so tough to play this game like if you quote unquote oh, I just want to play this game solo like that's you can, but it's tough. The entire economy of 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 the game revolves around other players being there because like the only way to get the best weapons that like if you're playing the game in a combat role, the only way to get the best weapons, the best armor, whatever you have to go find a armor smith or a weaponsmith, which are player characters. These are not NPCs. Uh, the NPCs will not give you, they'll just give you like the most basic generic gear. If you want anything, you know, high quality or customized, you have to seek out a real actual other player who has crafted these things um, and, and give them money, which I think is to me, probably the most impressive thing about Star Wars Galaxies is okay, let's hear the player economy. So, okay. Uh, Let me back up for a second. Let me give an example of an unsuccessful economy. And I think this was in Diablo one or maybe Diablo two. I'm not sure which game I'm thinking of. And it actually doesn't even matter. I'm just going to make my point. Um, So the the intended currency and maybe it was Diablo one in, well, let's just say it was Diablo one. The intended currency in Diablo one was gold, right? Right. Um, when players were playing the game they would kill a lot of monsters they would get a lot of gold but when l- players wanted to barter after a while they stopped using gold to barter because experienced players had killed so many monsters and gotten all so much gold th- that gold became worthless there was a, so gold was so prevalent that like gold became worthless nobody wants more gold so the right. the The main unit of purchase then became, it was like, I don't know, bone keys or something like that, which was like a really rare item, which still had a a useful purpose, but it completely replaced gold as being the standard currency in, in online play for that game. That does not happen at all in Galaxies, which Star Wars Galaxies has a really complex player-driven economy. The only way that money is coming into that economy is by players completing missions. The only way that money is going out of that economy is various things like, okay, when you buy uh, a shuttle ticket to go to another planet, that is money leaving the economy. By which I mean, you are not paying another player. You know, I, I mean, this was so well thought out that credits in Star Wars Galaxies are never not valuable. And the expected value for each thing in Star Wars Galaxies is never like skewed. Like there's not one thing that is too rare or too common. Like this whole economy is incredibly complex and doesn't collapse in on itself and that, yeah. I think, is the most impressive thing about that game.
0: I would agree. that economy is, is really a, a testament to what can be done in an MMO when you put a lot of the power in the hands of the players. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'd like to know if they ever tweaked any of those things to... They account. must have. They
1: They must have.
0: But... Outside of you know those tweaks that they had to do, like it really it kind of runs itself really well. And I'd like to to take a note at this point to mention uh, their player housing uh, and like like oh, shops and stuff. Yeah,
1: that's the other way that money leaves economy. When you pay right. when you when you buy a house, you have to pay rent on your house uh, or a mortgage or something like that. I can't remember how that works, but you're not actually paying another player. Like that money is just leaving the system.
0: Right, and it was a lot of money.
1: I yeah, think. That, that that is probably the other... Because, like, everyone in that game wants a nice big house or whatever. But the bigger the house yeah. you get, the more expensive the rent is. And that that rent is definitely just money leaving the economy. Which, by the way, by the way, this just goes back to prove my point. Because nobody is setting the price of what a house is. Like, mm-hmm. there, are, there's a player who is just making houses. And they have to get all of the resources to make houses from other players... Who have gathered these resources? They have to get those resources to make a house. Then they have to make a house. Then they just set the price of the house. But that price of the house, like that, is such an expensive thing, you know, relative to everything else in that game. That's what I mean. That like that the economy is incredibly complex, and nothing nothing is skewed. Nothing is obviously skewed.
0: Yeah, and unlike any other MMO that has the housing, by the way, this is (laughs) the only MMO that I've seen. That also the housing is the reason people might charge more for a certain house it has mm-hmm. a lot to do with where you're you're putting it. Like I think yeah. the different planets yeah. and stuff, and because like a lot of housing in MMOs now is just like there's like a designated instanced housing area, and every it's kind of the same everywhere, or whatever. But like literally, there's different houses for different planets in Star Wars Galaxies. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's different towns you can put the house in that have that offer different things to people who are you know wanting to. Yeah, there's and
1: by the way, when you say that there are towns, let's be clear that these are player made towns. Yes. <laughs> like there's I mean, there are towns, so like you can go to Moss Isley or whatever. But there's also you can just make like Moss Leo, like Moss James, like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All of the player focused stuff is really impressive to me.
0: It's amazing. If you haven't checked out Star Wars Galaxies, definitely check out the emulator. I think, it it's, is, I think yeah. it's
1: great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a it is a weird, weird MMO. I have You've played more MMOs than me, so, I, so yeah. I have not played an MMO remotely close to Star Wars Galaxies. What about no. you? Yeah.
0: No, this, yeah, this unlike most other MMOs I've ever played. Yes, one thing before we leave this topic, I do want to mention the post-game and new game enhancements mm-hmm. also made changes to the roles and stuff that people could take on. Mm-hmm. In a sense that, like, like everything we just talked about, where the player made their own story, is how things are now in the emulator and how they mm-hmm. were creative game enhancements but when i first started playing star wars galaxies it was very much some canned classes that you would basically just choose yeah. i want to be a jedi now right well, oh yeah an
1: and at one point they just added jedi as a starting class which
0: right. So a key thing is that in the in the game as in its original state and how it is now in the emulator, I think they've up they've like there's a super,
1: super obscure path to becoming a Jedi. Like you can't yeah. become a Jedi, but there's like a million crazy crazy things you have to do in order to become a Jedi, which I like that better because it, when you're playing Star Wars Galaxies on the emulator, right now, like one in every a hundred players might be a Jedi maybe. But mm-hmm. in in the in the game that you are describing, they had Jedi as a starting class. So like one out of every two or three people were was a Jedi. Which like come on, there were never supposed to be that many Jedi's.
0: It definitely didn't make sense for the timeline that it was yeah. in. Yeah. So it made way more sense to have like one guy who, you know, I think the first guy to become a Jedi was after like a year the game had been released or something. Yeah. yeah. So that that made a lot more sense. So when you saw the Jedi, you were like, oh man, this guy's a badass, right?
1: Just, but, just for reference for Star Wars fans, this game is supposed to take place place like right at the start of the Galactic Civil Civil War between the Empire and Rebellion.
0: Right. Um, here's an unpopular opinion. And it might just be because of when I started playing. But I'm I'm not saying I liked it more, but I didn't dislike the amount of Jedi that happened uh, that were like around. Oh, I did.
1: Changes. Oh, that's interesting, because I did. I thought it was ridiculous because this is supposed to be right before a new hope. And there's like armies of Jedi's running around Tatooine. Like, come on!
0: Yeah, it didn't make sense like canonically, but it was so cool. When you would like go to, uh, I think it was like Yavin or something. It was like this mm-hmm. PvP center, uh, and also there was these like role play groups or just role play Sith, and there was all these people in dark hoods with like the red lightsabers, you know. And mm-hmm. um, like the game visually was has probably not aged very well, but there were moments like that where the special effects were very well done like the 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 lightsabers from a distance and like and like laser fire and stuff so like there was this really cool scenes that looked almost like the prequel movies where you'd have all these lightsabers and all these like um blaster fires um going on and stuff in like the p v p areas it it was really, really cool, although I do think for the sake of the correct setting, I think that the more rare jedi was probably it made more sense
1: but yeah because i remember like one time when i was playing i was like in i don't know i was on nebu or some planet or whatever and i saw a jedi come through a spaceport and it was the first jedi i'd ever seen and i was like oh my gosh like a (laughs) jedi which like in the star wars universe that's how that should be at, at that point yeah. in time. That is the correct amount of Jedi where somebody sees a Jedi and goes, whoa, a Jedi.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. It, it, they definitely like they they nailed it really the first time that they mm-hmm. had done that and designed that approach to to Jedi. I think it was very well done.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that that's annoying for casual players because you're not going to pick this game up, play for three hours and then become a Jedi like you're going to play for years, pro- realistically, you're going to play for years before you uh, unlock all of the requirements to become a Jedi. Right. Oh, one, one more fact real quick before we, I, I'm not sure how this is on the emulator, but the original version of Jedi, when you unlocked Jedi, you unlocked a new slot, like a new character who is, who is then started as a Jedi. And that Jedi had permanent death. So that Jedi could only die three times, and then that character was gone forever. Like you lost your Jedi. If that which Jedi is un-
0: died. that's unheard of for an yeah, animal.
1: That was crazy. And yeah. I think at some point they changed it so that it wasn't permadeath or or something like or they increased the number of times you could die. I can't remember. And again, I, I don't know how the emulator is working right now, but like that was crazy. Like and also there were bounty like that's another one of the things you can do in this game. You can just be a bounty hunter, which is PvP. So like Every time you log in and play that Jedi character, you're taking a risk because somebody can just place a bounty on you. And then every bounty hunter is looking for that Jedi, which is thematically perfect. Like, that's how it should be. But also, it's super risky to be just walking around as a Jedi.
0: Yeah, that does sound awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super good. Star Wars Galaxies. It's very weird. It is a weird game, but it's a good game. (laughs) Agreed. All right. Um. So, Leo, uh, let's go over our top five Star Wars games, our top five favorite Star Wars games. Um, You want to go first or you want me to go first?
0: Who went first last time? Uh, I think I went first last time. So then I'll go first this time. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. My number five is Star Wars Galaxies. Ooh, Uh, ooh, nice. It it does make my top five. Nice. It uh, it was an enjoyable experience. I played for probably too long for someone who came in post new game enhancements. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent many, many hours, met many, many good friends, had a blast with role play, with creating my characters, with the ambiance, with being a musician, the space combat. Again, still have not seen any other game that has matched the level of memories and fun that I had just going up with friends into a gunboat and trying to take on other spaceships and stuff like all on one ship together. Um, mm-hmm. That was just so many great memories there. Nice, nice.
1: I like it. Um, I'm I'm glad uh, you made space. You made a spot for Star Wars Galaxies. My number five is Star Wars Battlefront Two. Now, wait, 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 okay, before you revolt on me, I am not talking about the EA produced Star Wars Battlefront II, which came out in 2017 which by the way we should we all need to call that game the EA game Star Wars Battlefront 2 2017 because there is another game called Star Wars Battlefront 2 like that drives me crazy like that's what Sonic the Hedgehog had to do because there was two yeah. games called Sonic the Hedgehog which now we call 1 Sonic the Hedgehog and 1 Sonic 06, right? right. So I I petition that we call the game that was released last year Battlefront 2 2017. Agreed. Uh, because there is a much better game called Star Wars Battlefront 2. It came out in 2005. Yep, 2005 and it was uh this was not an EA game. This was developed by Pandemic Studios. They were later bought out by EA, but at the time This was just a game created um, by a developer called Pandemic. This was before EA had a monopoly on the Star Wars license, which... There's uh, a whole other thing I could get into, but anyway, this, this was
0: next week's podcast.
1: Yeah, this is this. This was a different time. This was a better time when the license was spread around to a bunch of talented developers like the people at Pandemic. If you have not played any of the Star Wars Battlefront games, they are primarily first person shooters, but they're focused on territory control. So you have like command points that you have to capture and defend. And whoever has the most command points at the end of a certain given time uh, wins the match. So it's like Team, it's also a team-based game so this was the sequel to the original battlefront uh this had a lot of improvements this had uh this introduced space combat so one of my favorite maps in uh the original battlefront 2 I, I don't even have to say the original it's just battlefront 2 it's battlefront 2 the game is called battlefront 2 the other stupid ea game that's not what that game is called uh this game is just called battlefront 2 i'm angry that they called the
0: Look, I'm we, angry? All know, we all know which Battlefront 2 you're talking about. Oh, okay? I know.
1: It just it makes me angry when games, especially when it's a worse version, because now if I say, oh, I really like Battlefront 2, everyone's like, oh, really? And I'm like, no, the there's, wrong another, with you, man? there's another much better game. And then I have to go into this whole diatribe. But Anyway, right. uh, one of my favorite maps in Battlefront 2 was it was two uh, capital ships that were side by side. They had a rebel one and an imperial one, and they were shooting at each other. So one of the things you could do, was you could, like, hop in the turret and, like, try to shoot down ships. So, like, all, all of the, by the way, all of the command points were inside the capital ships. So in order to capture an enemy command point, you had to board a starfighter, fly over to the other capital ship, land in their hangar, shoot all the people defending the hangar, and then capture the command point. Like, it was intense. Uh, so, like, one of, the, one of the things you could do was, like, hop in the turret on your ship like your capital ship and shoot down enemy starfighters, or you could get in uh, a starfighter yourself as either a pilot or a dedicated gunner. So like your friend could be the gunner and you could be the pilot or vice versa. And then you could, you could just fly around sh- shooting down enemy starfighters, which I totally did, which was awesome and fun. Uh, or you take that ship in and land it in the enemy hangar and you and your friend pop out and you're shooting all the other enemy soldiers. You're trying to capture the command point like it was so intense like i have a lot of good memories playing that game anyway star wars battlefront 2 is a great game uh and uh, don't confuse it with a much worse game
0: <laughs> i think that's probably if there's one thing to take away it's uh don't confuse the og battlefront 2 with that new shit game that is, yes. that you know is out recently yes 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 exactly got it. got it uh, all right so uh number 4 then huh mm mm-hmm. mhm my number 4 might be a bit controversial.
1: I'm gonna smack you from across this microphone if it's if it's Battlefront two 2017.
0: No, not that controversial. Don't worry.
1: Okay, okay, okay.
0: So my number four is Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire.
1: Oh, that's not controversial. I have a lot it's of good memories with that game. I,
0: I have a lot of good memories, but you know what? A lot of critics and a lot of fan or I'm not players, I guess, um, were not big fans of this game. Okay. The controls were a little bit sloppy.
1: Yeah, they were. And the
0: Nintendo sixty four was a little rough. Yeah. Um, graphically, you know, I think that it was a little bit difficult to program for the N sixty four, like the limitations that the developers had. So there were some weird texture issues. I think that the overall, like the color palette and stuff, they did a really good job of kind of getting like this like gritty feel. And and it was mm-hmm. uh, lots of hours of. If, or so for people who don't know about the game. Uh, it's basically you play this character that doesn't really exist, he, right? He's kind of like Han Solo, but Oh, not. he totally exists. Yeah. I mean, well,
1: I mean, okay, okay. This is going to get me into another whole Star Wars nerd diatribe. But before Disney took over and erased all of the canon, Dash Rendar, the main character of Shadows of the Empire, was totally legit.
0: Even his name sounds like someone who's just trying to come up with a name that sounded similar <laughs> to a Star Wars character, but yes, that's Dash is true. Rendar. It's not Darth Vader. It's Dash Render. Like, I don't know.
1: I'm not defending his stupid name. I'm just defending (laughs) the fact that he was indeed canonical.
0: Right. Okay. Well, so be it. Uh, The game is not about, which is unusual for me. You know, I'm a big Jedi fan. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's not Mm -hmm. a whole lot of Jedi fanfare or anything like that. There is no
1: Jedi in that game.
0: Yeah. You know what? I think there was just so much cool parts of the game that you still got to touch, like the swoop bikes and the, mm-hmm. uh, I believe he flies the Millennium Falcon, even though, see, that's like the part that's weird to me. Is like, why does oh, he, he does fly, does the L-
1: fly the Millennium Falcon? He, I mean, Dash Rendar, pilots the Outrider, which is, Outrider. which looks exactly like the Millennium Falcon, but totally isn't.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally isn't, but it totally is. Okay. Totally yeah. not the Millennium so, Falcon. I think that's like... Some of that was kind of why I liked the game. It's like yeah. it obviously yeah. like hinted at all this like famous yeah. stuff. From yeah,
1: the... it, it's totally not Han Solo flying. Totally not the Millennium Falcon.
0: <laughs> exactly. Also, though the game was kind of difficult. Oh yeah. Probably, probably because of all of the you know trouble with the controls and stuff. But that made it so mm-hmm. that I played it a, a shit ton of this game because just trying to get through it, and so that repetition was somewhat enjoyable to me it kind of instilled a love for the game over the years but i I guess not a lot of people agree
1: uh i would agree with you i i think that game is um it's good
0: (laughs) it's good it's good Uh,
1: a lot of the things you said are true it's it's rough around the edges but it's good that is not my number four um my number four is Star Wars Galaxies. So uh, I, I went over a lot of the reasons why I think this game is special. I think the all of the focus on all of the player driven things, like the player driven events and the the player driven towns, the player economy, like a lot of that is so impressive that. They had, this was 2003 when this game was made and they had the foresight to place all, a lot of trust in their player base, right? Because a lot of MMOs and RPGs that have come subsequent to that are very rigid and theme parky, which is fine. Like that's, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I I, I find that impressive back in 2003 that they had that that they had the creative vision and the amount of, of of trust that they placed in in their player base was very impressive to me. And I have a lot of very fond memories playing that game. Number four, Star Wars Galaxies. What's your number three?
0: All right. My number three, probably out of uh, my entire top five, is the one that I played the most. Like, I, okay, okay, well, I guess Star Wars Galaxies, you know, you can't really compare that. I don't know. But out of all the console games, it's the one I spent the most time on. It is Star Wars Rogue Squadron Two.
1: Oh hell yeah! For the GameCube, yeah, for
0: the GameCube, GameCube. I played so much of this game. Yeah. It was yeah. Unhealthy, really. It was the first game maybe that I played uh, for my GameCube. I, I don't remember.
1: It, it was but- a launch title, I think
0: yeah okay yeah so you know man just so many memories also kind of a difficult game sometimes maybe because i was young oh yeah I don't know. oh yeah no so, it's hard it's hard Just so many times trying to you know beat certain levels they did a really good job of making you feel like just such a badass when you're flying those uh fighters and stuff mm-hmm. uh, the the sound i remember being particularly good i guess there wasn't really too much in the realm of Uh, too much innovation in the realm of story but just something about it was just it made it easy to kind of repetitively try these levels over and over and uh yeah a lot of fun if you haven't if you can get your hands on a gamecube or something uh definitely check out rogue squadron 2
1: yes that is that is the correct also let me compliment your choice specifically of rogue squadron 2 because that is definitely the best rogue squadron game (laughs) Yeah, sure. No. Oh, no. It's no contest. No contest. I love that game. Good. Great pick. My number three. Let me back up for a second because uh, let me reveal behind the scenes. I I don't know what your criteria is for picking your top five. I had a self-imposed restriction on my top five Star Wars games that I wasn't going to pick more than one game from the same series. Uh, because if I had done I, that...
0: Yes, I, I know. I came across the same problem. Yeah.
1: If I had done that, um, the series that is my number three pick uh, would, have been all, been would have been all over my top five. That is yeah. the Dark yeah. Forces and Jedi Knight series. Um, the game yeah. I went for in my number three uh, slot is the original Dark Forces. Dark Forces is... Some people find this term derogatory or dismissive. I think it is a compliment to the game Doom when we say that other games are Doom clones or Doom-likes. The original Dark Forces is definitely a a Doom clone or Doom-like. However, the team that made this game at LucasArts, this was not just a simple asset swap, regardless of how closely these games look and feel. Uh, They made their own engine for the original Dark Forces and all all of the programming, all of that stuff, all done completely from scratch. And I think one of the most impressive things about the original Dark Forces was this team creating this early first person shooter, but they had such a talent for level design. So um, one of the things that sets um, Dark Forces apart from Doom to me is it's a mix of the kind of like arena shooter that doom is but it but dark forces also sprinkles in a lot of puzzles, uh, especially like environmental puzzles. There's also some light platforming, but there's environmental puzzles where you're trying to uh, figure out how like you'll see like a ledge way far away and you have to figure out how to maneuver certain boxes or certain crates such that you can reach the ledge or there'll be like a certain pattern of buttons that you have to pay attention to. And you have to remember a certain combination or something like that. It really exercised not only your like Twitch aiming and shooting, like any other first person shooter does, but it also brought in an element of, of puzzle solving, which really engages your, your mind. So it's not just a, you know, shoot em up game, but uh, also you have to do a little bit of thinking. Uh, also, I will say that I love all of the Dark Forces and Jedi Knight games. So that's that's Dark Forces, Dark Forces Two, Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Academy. All of those games are very, very good. And uh, I could have made a top five of just Jedi Knight games, but anyway.
0: Well, it's funny that you mentioned bundling them up like that because uh, yeah, I had the similar problem. I I think that if we didn't kind of bundle uh, the similar game series together mm-hmm. it would just take up most of my top five yeah Yeah. Uh, yeah. my number two is uh actually dark forces 2 jedi knight Ooh,
1: i almost went with jedi knight i almost went with that
0: and i, I think it's probably just uh i actually oddly started with dark forces 2 so i think mm-hmm. it has just a little bit more nostalgia but you know at the same time too i think dark forces 2 is one of those rare occurrences where they kind of took the formula of dark forces 1 and, and made it even a little bit better because uh, Dark
1: Forces 2 has a lot of like 3D platforming and stuff which is really fun.
0: Yeah, and uh they also kind of like evolved a little bit on the uh, I felt like the the shooting and stuff like mm-hmm. I remember enemies mm-hmm. would like be smart enough to get behind cover a little bit. It was it was kind of difficult sometimes, the the first person shooter aspect of it. But the environments too, like, oh man, like I just remember being kind of in awe. Like I felt like you were you're you're really there in these environments. Like
1: God, the level design is so good.
0: Yeah. The level design was just great in that game. And I to be honest, I don't remember that much about dark forces one but i feel like as a, a jedi uh fanboy mm-hmm. dark forces two really like played on that a little bit more a little bit more heavily to me um there was some really like epic epic interactions in the story uh with you know the dark jedi and stuff and um just i mean the story was just like moving it was actually like a really good story <laughs> like i really loved it um, um, so that's
1: have you played it recently
0: No, but that was my Um, memory of it. I have,
1: uh, and let me remind you that those cutscenes are full motion video with real actors. Yes. Um, Ooh, they go on a little bit, they're a little bit uh, of a cheese fest now. Okay,
0: Uh, well, you know what? Cheesy as they are, I like cheese, okay? (laughs) It's delicious
1: (laughs) cheese. I, I also love cheese, and it's some good cheese.
0: Here's why I explicitly say that. It's because also on my list you know uh, like in my number two slot i consider it dark forces 2 slash the dark forces series so like Mm -hmm. to me that's all encompassing like all those games are are my number two and i i would say that a close honorable mention for taking the actual slot would have been i think it was the third game jedi out jedi outcast yeah i think so so in that game they did away with the live action story yep like Mm -hmm. that's right Mm -hmm. i didn't like that as much i missed the cheesy (laughs) live (laughs) actions so you know so to me i don't know it kind of i don't know it sounds cheesy but i really i really enjoyed that
1: there's some pretty good cheese in those games yeah My number two is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So this is a RPG by Bioware, uh, which you may know Bioware for the Mass Effect series. And in a lot of ways, Knights of the Old Republic and its sequel, Knights of the Old Republic 2, are the spiritual predecessors to Mass Effect. But this was the first game that I can think of that really allowed you to um just really put yourself in a star wars character and really role play and this was i mean now it's kind of a meme or a joke or whatever but um especially from mass effect with the whole paragon renegade thing which came from star wars because it was um they gave you uh they gave you a story and then you would have to make a choice you know would you take the light side jedi action or the dark side sith action but that was like really cool at the time because uh, I I had multiple playthroughs, so my first playthrough I of course did Sith and was just the most evil, evil, evil person and picked all of the evil actions because I thought it was hilarious when somebody who is legitimately trying to be nice to you and give you what you want and you're still just a jerk to them and force choke them or whatever. But I liked times. yeah, but but I liked the the option or not even the option, but just the ability to replay the game and play a light side character and have the results of those interactions be completely different. Like, Oh, Hey, if you're nice to this other guy, who's nice to me, like you get this really cool uh, weapon or something like that. Like, Oh, it's, it's actually good in some situations to not just destroy and choke and, and, force harass everyone uh, you come across yeah really good uh writing I, I mean obviously we all know the talent uh that that came to be associated with bioware but uh, this is the first time uh this was my first bioware game and uh yeah god the writing talent at, at bioware very good very good
0: yeah yeah um actually that that game takes my number one slot whoa Whoa. I'm, giving it, I'm giving number one to nice. the public. Uh, nice. Slash, slash the Kotor series as a whole. Okay, yep. Um, I think that honestly, the Kotor series would have been like my top three games would have been KOTOR 1, 2, and The Old Republic. So I was just about to
1: ask if you included The Old Republic as part of the Knights of the Old Republic series. I
0: will include it. You know, it's very much not like the other ones, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to MMOs, it did kind of what KOTOR did for other RPGs in that Mm -hmm. it provided a much more in-depth story uh, unlike any other MMO. So I think I include it in the series, but KOTOR 1 specifically... Like you said, it was my. It was also my first Bioware game, and also my first game where you got to experience the whole do-gooder versus evil son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know this about me: when it comes to games that give me choice like that, I am like physically incapable of choosing the good stuff for too long. <laughs>
1: uh-huh, yeah, I don't know
0: what it is? It's like you just get games, bored.
1: Like I need to stomp this guy out.
0: I mean, there's games, other Bioware games, usually that literally people told me they didn't know i could that you could do certain things like how did you kill that character off and i'm like well i just i'm a dick i just (laughs) somehow managed to kill this one character that's the only healer in the game dude i'm like oh damn it, right (laughs) but that was great to me like this this freedom and also like you said the writing was just impeccable it was uh Mm -hmm. great writing uh great uh ambiance great setting like i hadn't played a game that was you know, thousands of years before the movies that we knew and loved. So just, yeah, just a fantastic game. It's always been my favorite Star Wars game ever.
1: Nice. Would you like to know my favorite Star Wars game ever?
0: I would be very curious to know if you number one, although I think I already know it
1: it is star wars tie fighter did you guess
0: right yeah i did guess right hey this is a really really good game it's so good
1: (laughs) um star wars tie fighter is an oldie but a goodie uh this came out originally in 1994 for ms dos wow yeah this this is an oldie and before okay okay before people cry foul because i know i took points off of ocarina of time last last week for being an old game that's on uh, older hardware and it's kind of inconvenient to play that now and it it, it, and graphically it doesn't age well all of these things are true about tie fighter also you can't it is available on the steam store right now but it does not work great with windows 10 you might have to spend some time configuring certain options and whatever so the game doesn't immediately crash when you boot it up and when you boot it up, you were going to be treated to some MS DOS graphics. But what, yeah, yeah. And also, the other prohibitive thing about TIE Fighter. Is you absolutely, if you want the premium TIE Fighter experience, you need a joystick. You need a flight stick. Which I understand that nobody in the world has flight sticks anymore. Except for me. And the only reason I keep my joystick around for my PC is just so I can play TIE Fighter. That's how much I love this game. I have a dumb joystick. I'm staring at it right now. It's on my desk. It's. The, I have a keyboard on my desk, a mouse on my desk, and a dumb joystick on my, on my desk. And the only reason I have that thing is just for TIE fighter so much. I love this game.
0: And also so that when people, you know, ask you what you're doing at the computer and you say you're playing with your joystick, it's,
1: you know, no, I'm legitimately playing with, I am in my TIE yeah. Fighter. Yes.
0: I mean, I think it's worth it. That alone. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Do not play this game. Do not play this game with a mouse and keyboard. It, you, it will be terrible. I promise. You might be able to get away with a gamepad, like a standard controller, but you absolutely want a joystick um, because a lot of this game is. So, um, okay, what TIE Fighter is, is it is um, a flight simulator. So, if you remember back to the 90s, flight simulators were kind of popular. Uh, there was a lot of people making um, really complex flight simulators. Uh, LucasArts made the most complex. Flight Simulator and made it Star Wars themed. And when I say it's complex, so you do need a flight stick, but you're also going to need a keyboard and every, almost every single button on your keyboard does something and it's a different function right so like one of them might be like switch to torpedoes and one of them might be like oops that's the eject button that's the emergency eject button like there's like i promise you <laughs>
0: so it really feels like you're in the cockpit basically and if you hit the wrong button you'll <laughs> exactly
1: exactly and i mean that's a that's what these flight simulators were designed to do was put you in the cockpit the thing the thing that makes me keep coming back to tie fighter um, is, first of all, the theme. This captures the Star Wars universe better than any other game. And I, I, I'm I'm serious. Like, even including the Knights of the Old Republic, which I love Bioware. I think the, the writers on Bioware are fantastic. Um, the people that made Star Wars TIE Fighter were hardcore Star Wars fans. Um, there are, like, deep-cut references to... Um, so, like, one of my favorite characters in the star Wars universe is Thrawn. And one of three things, either you are a newer star Wars fan and you know, Thrawn from the star Wars rebels cartoon, uh, or you are a diehard star Wars fan and you have read Timothy Zahn's excellent heir to the empire trilogy, which is the best, uh, star Wars fiction there. Maybe there is <laughs> like, as certainly the best star Wars fiction outside of the movies. Um, there is all sorts of references to Thrawn in this game. Oh, by the way, the third option is you have no idea what I'm talking about, but just take my word for it. Uh, there is all sorts of references to Timothy Zahn's novels in this book, um, in this game. All of all of the all of the missions you do uh, progress your character's career. So you start out as just a nobody. Uh, you're just working for nobody out in the middle of nowhere, some outpost in the middle of nothing. And at the end of the campaign, you're the emperor's hand. You're one of the the greatest fighter pilots, and you're fighting in the Battle of Endor, and you're fighting a souped up craft or whatever. Um, so that's the first thing. It keeps me coming back to Tie Fighter. The second thing is the gameplay, the moment to moment gameplay. So okay, so when you when you go back and watch like A New Hope. And they're doing the trench run, and and they say stuff like, oh, full power to shields, or full full power to the engine, like, double the deflectors uh, on your rear, the, the ships are coming from behind us, uh, put, put shields to the back, or whatever. Like, those things, those, like, lines that they bark out in A New Hope, are actual things you have to keep track of, and you have to do in TIE Fighter. Um, so if you're doing a frontal assault against a a big station, you're going to want to put all your deflector shields facing forward. The other thing you have to do is you have to manage all of your, your systems. So your, 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 your three main systems are your, your, your weapons, your engine and your shields. So when they say like full power to shields or whatever, you can do that in TIE fighter. You put all your power in your shields, but you're taking power away from your engine. So that means your craft is going to fly slower and you're taking power away from your weapons so maybe your weapons aren't aren't charging as fast or not charging at all which could be a problem because you got max shields but when you're you're getting up close to your enemy maybe your your lasers aren't going to be charged which is also a problem uh, so you're just constantly managing the balance between uh, your weapons, your engines, and shields, and then later on they add a another system that you have to balance it. it and just the dogfighting, God, I love this game. It's so good. It's so good. And the heartbreaking thing is, Leo, we're not going to get another game like this. EA is never going to make a uh, even if even if there was not an ex- exclusivity license between LucasArts and or between Lucasfilm and EA, such that EA is the only one who's allowed to make Star Wars games, we'd probably never get another game like this, just because it's so specific, right? Like, it's just for people who like really complex flight simulators and have a joystick lying around, and also just happen to like Star Wars. Like, it's it's very specific and targeted, but if you are that person, if you like really complex flight simulators and also Star Wars and you have a joystick lying around, TIE Fighter is the best Star Wars experience you can have playing a video game. All right. So let's get this podcast over with so I can play TIE Fighter. Um, uh, okay. Um, recommendations. What do you got? What do you got this week? What, what are you recommending for people? Any Any All good right. movies? Any good games? Any good products? What, what, what you got?
0: So uh, this week, because I'm still running off of some jitters from my last tournament, I'm going to be recommending Magic of the Gathering, Ooh, a famous trading card game uh, made famous by um, every other card game you've ever played, because they're all based off of this card game. If you've played Hearthstone, if you've played Pokemon, if you've played Yu-Gi-Oh!, if you've played any board game, like what is it, like Ascension or Dominion or... Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. and they all have this game to think. Magic: The Gathering has been around for well, um, as of next week or the week after, will be twenty five years. Uh, because the new <sighs> the new expansion set coming out, uh, Return to Dominaria, is kind of like their big like twenty five year anniversary expansion set. It is a game for nerds. Uh, There's <laughs> yeah. a lot. Of, it, I actually uh, consider it, I, the way I I um, sum it up to people is it's a combination of chess and poker. Uh, basically it has the statistical probability style strategy of poker where you're mm-hmm. just kind of playing to your outs and um, not counting cards but like you know you know you have x amount of copies left in the next however yeah. many cards and what yeah. your likelihood is of drawing you know etc but with the strategy of chess where you kind of have to think ahead you have to know what in, it's in your opponent's deck so that you can think well if i do this and he's going to do that and if I, I he does that then i have this option or this option so it has this cool like mix of strategy of of both those games um some people don't like the randomness on like the poker side of it the the, the probability side of it and so they've made other games like hearthstone where um your resources to play cards are like not random like you are just guaranteed mm -hmm. to get this amount of resources i don't like that as much i like the randomness aspect really
1: wow that's controversial
0: and i'm a poker player you know so there's actually a lot of uh professional poker players who also play magic and vice versa because um that playing to your outs probability of the strategy behind that Mm mm-hmm and also, like, being able to kind of, like, bluff, you know, that you have certain things and stuff. All of that is kind of in this game. and But it also, it's full of fantasy with, you know, elves and knights and dragons and goblins and all that stuff. So, you know, it has great artwork and it, it is fun for the nerds as well. So, mm.
1: check it out. Yeah, I didn't realize it's 25 years old. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Sometimes. Um
1: I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to audible. I'm going to, I'm going to call an audible. Uh, I was going to endorse something else. I'm going to save that for next week. Hey, I'm going to endorse right. a card game. <laughs> okay. I'm going to endorse, uh, also a card game. It is called uh, Android Netrunner. It is nothing like Magic the Gathering.
0: Not... I mean, they're both card games. Oh,
1: okay, well, they're both games. but So you listed a bunch of games that all have a lot of similarities with Magic, like Hearthstone and, um, I don't know, basically, basically every other card game. Uh, Netrunner huh. is not basically every other card game. It, it, is, is very different. it is extremely different and unique. Um, the thing that makes uh, Netrunner interesting is it's uh, asymmetrical, and it's a game about computer hacking. And actually, um, quick aside, it shares the same original designer as uh, Magic the Gathering, Richard Garfield. So that is one thing that they have in common.
0: So you uh, still have Magic to thank for the game that you love. Well, you
1: have Richard Garfield. Well, okay. Fair um, enough. Uh, So it is an asymmetrical game about computer hacking. So one player plays the hacker or the runner, the net runner, and the other person plays a corporation, which is trying to defend its servers from um, this hacker or net runner. The other thing that makes Netrunner unique is in a lot of other card games like Magic or Hearthstone. Uh, you have fighters and um, your fighters have a certain number of hit points and you're just trying to kill the other person or you're trying to kill the other person's fighters or whatever. Every, you're just trying to out damage the other person. That's not what's happening in Netrunner at all. You're trying to score uh, points, which in Netrunner are called agenda points. Uh, the interesting thing is, though, the points are only found in the corporation player's deck. So the netrunner has to hack into a certain server and see if he's going to find points or if he's going to find a trap. So the, the, the corporation can bluff and try to put a a trap in a server, or they might try to put a legit agenda in the server because the only way they're going to get points is to score the agenda by installing it and advancing it for a certain uh, number of actions. But there's a whole bluffing thing that goes on. There's a whole bunch of different play styles, so you can be very straightforward, or you can uh, be a little more sneaky, or there's a bunch of alternate strategies where you can actually not try to score points, but you can... Try to um, uh, flatline the runner, which is a whole other thing. Anyway, it's a great game. Um, check it out. If if you have never played card games before, I would say Magic is a great place to start. If you are a seasoned player and you're looking for something new, new and different and unique, I would point you straight to Android Netrunner.
0: Definitely, I think it's worth a, a look. I, I really enjoyed the. We've played Netrunner a couple times, and mm-hmm. when you when you hear about it in a podcast and you hear servers and corporations and cybersecurity. that doesn't sound like a lot of fun no that sounds very
1: boring yes yeah
0: but it actually is it's very different and when you actually play it it's really really interesting game
1: yeah um you got anything else for this for this episode
0: Uh, i got nothing else man
1: all right well that's that's gonna do it for episode two of the good games podcast uh um we don't have a topic planned for for next episode we gotta okay after we hang up here we gotta figure out what our topic is anyway we will see you next episode though and there will be a topic um, yes for the good games podcast i am james i'm leo and we will see you next time
0: see ya That have different uh and i don't know how else to say it except for like um, uh how, damn it what is that word from hotels <laughs> amenities
1: i don't know what you're trying to come up with
0: the uh, amenity huh how the fuck do you say that word
1: <laughs> I, uh yeah you're saying amenity i don't i, yeah, I don't know if that's the word is,
0: yeah i think that's the word from hotels amenities where <laughs> they uh-huh? offer where they offer you know like we've got a pool and we've got a gym yeah, amenity, and we've got yeah. free breakfast yeah